Businesses thrive by knowing customer insights because today's insights are tomorrow's facts. At iResearch, we live and breathe insights. And despite searching high and low, we were unable to find a customer insights podcast that answers one of the most important questions in business. Why do customers do what they do? So we launched one. Hi, I'm your host, Darshan Mehta. On Getting to AHA, we're going to be speaking with Karthian Selvaraj. He is India's leading cloud kitchen coach, entrepreneur, author, and motivational speaker. He has five years of experience in cloud kitchens, QSR, and fine dining. He is currently the founder and CEO of Dunkel Kitchen and Briani to Home. Welcome to the show today. How are you? Hello there, sir. I'm good. Thank you very much for the invite. Doing good. How about you? Good, good. I know you have a busy schedule because you're running all these restaurants and you are a proud father of a newborn. So congratulations. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> so let's just jump right into it. I want you to share with me the aha moments that have gotten you to where you are now from your beginnings to being in the F&B industry. Yeah, so I'm a mechanical engineering graduate. So I was in the corporate industry for several years. I was an ex-General Motors employee. So it was five years back when I started to open my first food business because my passion for food and drink was huge, actually. So I want to jump into food industry. So that is how I came to this industry. I started with the franchise of other fried chicken brand. Then I slowly started implementing my brand. Initially, it was all, as you know, for an entrepreneur, especially for a first generation entrepreneur, things are not going to be very easy because you have no experience A passion. After I started business, I realized passion is different. Business is different. You can be passionate about so many things. Passion is just liking about the particular thing, but business is about several functions. You have to activate every function in your business to be successful. So when we launched Biryani to Home, we were like almost making losses in the beginning and every 10 days open, shut, open, shut. It was on and off and I was not peaceful that time. So I told my wife, I think it's time to close this and find peace. But she told, let's not look for ways to quit. Let's look for ways to succeed. So that was the time I was thinking, what should I do? so that it will become a success. So when I discussed with some of my friends around, they advised me to go and approach some marketing agency or some influencer agency or some food community through which you can reach people. So I approached Bengaluru Biryani Club, the admins of the Bengaluru Biryani Club. And that time they were doing events with big, big chains, fine dine restaurants. I was like cloud kitchen. That time, even today, people do not even know what is a cloud kitchen. A lot of people do not. But five years back, when I told them we are a cloud kitchen, they were like, okay, they tasted our food. They were happy and they were allowing me to do an event with them. But the problem was, where will our guests will sit? You don't have a dine-in. So we had one of our customers for whom we did a buffet party. So we took permission from them that we want to do an event in your place. And they allowed us free of cost. Then we did that even without almost zero expectation. And it was a throwaway price. Per minimum price, we were charging for that. And people told, why will people pay you? You are unknown brand. So people don't pay you so much. It was a last making event. If you see from the money perspective. And everybody around me was questioning that strategy. Why the hell you want to lose so much money? But I wanted to just reach to people and get their feedback. And I just want to trust the process. As Dhoni says, right? If the process is right, the results will follow. So I was just trusting the process. And when we did the event and until people 
keep the biryani in their mouth it was all nervous actually but once they started to eat we could see smiles around and there was a facebook live which was conducted by that mean so people became our brand ambassador from that time that was one aha moment which really shaped what we are today as dunkel kitchen so after that event we were getting a lot of party orders corporate orders celebration orders and everything so from that moment it was a huge boost and from there we really started that was a first aha moment in the whole journey nice so i want to go back to a couple of things you said one you started as a mechanical engineer so tell me how we went from mechanical engineer to becoming an entrepreneur in the fnb business some people realize their passion at some point of life right so i was a accidental mechanical engineer because i was good at coding during my school days i started my coding when i was 11 i am from a town where there is not so much computer education going on i mean because i studied in a state board school not a matriculation or cbsc or icsc water board i studied in a normal state board school and i seeing a computer from my hometown was a big thing but despite of that my parents sent me to computer classes from the age of 10 11 so when i was 11 12 i was coding so i was good at coding in the basics even before going to a college so i was a good coder but because of 2008 recession i was supposed to join the engineering college by 2008 so 2008 was a global recession people were telling it people are losing jobs so let's not get into risk and troubles you go to a mechanical engineering course so that you can also go to an it job also that possibility is there so i was a accidental mechanical engineer first of all re- life was miserable from that time and then i was like just going in the flow but one thing which never changed was eating food when i had 100 rupees i ate food in that budget when i had 200 rupees i ate food in that budget as and when my salary increases my spending on food also was increasing and i keep talking about food all the time to my friends i have been talking about starting a food joint from 2015 16 but at 2018 beginning my five six friends who are telling me you are only talking man we want to see you really do you have been talking so long we'll be happy to see you do and that time i was feeling like in that interstellar movie when the father goes away from the daughter if you see the father from the future tries to tell her daughter don't send me i won't come back that was a message from the future which she couldn't decode at the right time so i was thinking when five six of my friends are telling me a same message i think universe is trying to send me a message so i should decode it now and i should do it that was the right time i was thinking and 2018 mid i started my journey this is how i think universe chose me to be in this path that's how i believe until now interesting interesting you talk about passion a couple of times and you also drew a distinction between passion and business but you often hear people should pursue their passion and if they pursue their passion then it's not going to be work so tell me what's the distinction you're drawing between passion and business and what's the role each plays in your success yeah i would put it this way passion and business are different for sure but how will you get into the business what is the driving factor is the passion if the driving factor is money making then when you lose in your strategies when you lose in your journey i mean when you have small losses you are not going to bear those losses you are not going to accept those and you are going to get demotivated when your end intention is only money making but if your driving force is passion then you are motivated despite of whatever challenges you face in those journey but one thing is clear people say like i am good at cooking i am good at this i am good at that you are good at that as a hobby it's okay 
but if it has to be a business if it has to be an impactful business then there are a lot of things one has to do a homework and preparation all these things and be prepared mentally because it's not going to be easy because if it is easy everyone in the world will be doing business and not job yeah i agree with you i've often said that people who pursue only the pursuit of making money usually don't end up being successful however those who are passionate about solving a problem then the being successful part monetarily follows and I think that's what you're saying is follow the passion to solve the problem. And then the business part's going to come. But obviously, you still need to have a business mindset as well. Yes, absolutely. So having said that, though, you've actually been through some tough times in starting your business. I think you almost went completely financially broke. So tell me, how did you survive that? And what are three things you would tell other entrepreneurs if they are going through a similar phase or will encounter one at some point in their journey? Okay, I will break these two parts. One is what are the hard things which I went through, how I survived? And the second thing is, what are the three things which I will tell the aspiring entrepreneurs, how to manage their finances and everything? So first thing, when it comes to me, the problems were purely a lack of financial knowledge because our schools and colleges, even today, for example, I will tell you one thing. I recently completed this book, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. It was written almost 86 years back. And I think he did a 20-year research to write that book. So it's been 100 years of that book in which he wrote one thing, our schools do not teach financial literacy. 100 years back, it was a thought process and we crossed a century till today it is the same. Schools and colleges do not teach financial literacy, money management, nothing they teach, right? And that is one thing. And the other thing is in the beginning, when you want to start a business, you don't select a mentor, for example. When you do everything yourself, it is going to be trial and error. You're going to lose money. You're going to again do something, again lose money. If you take me, I'm in a very much sustainable state. I'm in a very much peaceful state now because I solved all my problems, financial problems. But the other person who is going to do need not go through all this because if he has a financial literacy and he has a mentor and all these things, and if you do a pre-preparation, he need not have to go through all this. For example, in my case, I do not know how much capital I should keep in the beginning until I get a bank loan, for example. After 18 months of surviving the business, I realized if you cross 12 months or 18 months, you are eligible for a bank loan, which nobody taught me and I never read anywhere also. So I had to struggle in the first 18 months, taking money from friends, family, keeping the jewels at bank for interest because you are seeing a bright future. So you don't want to give up for a few thousands or few lakh of rupees. You don't want to give up your future because you know it's going to be all right. You know you are making it big. When the others may not be able to see it, you are the only person as an entrepreneur who constantly sees that. So in the first 18 months, it was so tough actually. And I was also playing very safe with minimal investment, minimal marketing, minimal operational things, minimal manpower like that. Once I crossed this 18-month point, then I invested 40 lakhs of money, which is huge. I mean, if you put another few lakhs, you can buy a flat in Bangalore or any other city in India. <laughs> you have to convince your family to take a loan of 40 lakhs. Already when you have a 40 lakhs of home loan, you have to convince your family, I'm going to take another 40 lakhs, which is like people take 20 years to pay this 40 lakh usually, the normal salaried person. So for our listeners who may not be familiar with lakhs, how much does that convert to in dollars, would you say? It is close to 50,000 US dollars. Yeah, okay. So it was a huge money and people will shiver actually. People will not be able to digest when you tell that. But I took a notebook and pen. I put all the math. I explained my wife. I gave her the confidence. Then she said, okay, go ahead. 
Then from there, when I started to invest big money, I started to generate big revenue. After investing so much money, the first year I did of the pandemic, some 50 lakhs and above, that is half a crore of Indian rupee. It's a huge money. Then the second year, I did my first one crore rupees. And the last financial year, we did three crore rupees. So every year we have a two to three X of organic growth after I put that huge money there. There are several challenges in terms of especially financial management, capital, working capital and all these things. But if I have to tell the upcoming entrepreneurs what they should be doing is they should be keeping the money in their bank account for their operational expenses for 12 to 18 months irrespective of the result. Mm -hmm. Whether it succeeds or fails or whatever, 12 to 18 months. Because once they cross that 12 to 18 months mark, Indian banks are going to give loans. Then from that loan, you are going to develop it, you are going to sustain it, you are going to scale it. Again, the cycle continues. Then at one point, you may not need loan also. That point is also possible. So that is one thing and mentorship is very important because today I have a business coach. I have mentors, I have gurus and it was too late. After four years, I joined that. It's been only one year since I'm in that journey. And since the time I started that journey, my life became really easy because I started to get so much of clarity that what I should be doing. So like that, if you take my case, since I spent half a decade of my entrepreneurship journey, I'm putting everything as a blueprint framework and couple of weeks from today, I'm launching my online courses, online webinar, live classes to aspiring food entrepreneurs in India. They need not struggle the way as I struggled. They can copy my blueprint framework and all my learnings, case studies, processes, good practices. They can copy everything of mine and they can easily make a revenue of one crore in a year from one outlet. If you ask me like five years back, I came to this industry with a vision of opening 100 outlets in India. Now it's five years. I have three options now. One is I have VCs around me who are ready to invest for my scale. I have people who are asking for my franchise. So either ways, I can scale Dunkle Kitchen to 100 outlets. But I chose a third path, which is not in the equation. That is business coaching through which I want to teach hundreds and thousands of people. And I want them to launch their own brands with my knowledge. So I'm helping 100 people launch 100 different brands. And they may be good than me in terms of entrepreneurship, in terms of their capital investment, in terms of their energy, in terms of their operational skills. So that is how it is. So mentorship is the third thing which I'm pointing out. Interesting. So I think you've been given a nickname. Magical Palette. Magical Palette. Okay. So tell me a little bit about Magical Palette. How did you acquire that nickname, Magical Palette? And how has that impacted where you are now? Yeah, so my palate is open to all kinds of taste. For example, when I go to Malaysia, when I go to Dubai, when I go abroad or when I go instead of India, you know, in India, every state has a different culture, different food, right? Every few kilometers, everything changes. Actually, usually when you see people look for their native food, wherever they go. For example, people of my origin, South India, wherever they go, they look for idli, dosa, all these things. Right. Even if they go to US also, they select some operators, they select some hotels which serves these kind of breakfast. Right. But they cannot <laughs> eat a continental or a bread or omelette and they cannot start their day. They will feel like I'm still feeling hungry. <laughs> like that kind of feeling they have. But I'm a much open palated guy. I can survive with any food in this world. So I started to enjoy and appreciate and like the uniqueness and the taste factors around a particular food. 
food. So starting from a roadside food, like gourmet food, I enjoy everything. And I'm able to appreciate what kind of culinary efforts which went into the food. When I was in school, right, people used to make fun. What man, you are always eating, you are eating, eating, eating only. Life is not about eating. But for me, that became life. So somehow, I don't know, maybe as I told, maybe universe gave me that palate which enjoys all the food. And as I enjoy the food, I started to think about food. As I started to think about food, I started to innovate about food. That innovation was a starting point. That innovative thought process about food in my mind was a starting point towards pushing me into this journey. So having have a magical palate, I'm curious, what would you say are the three things to having a successful restaurant or cloud kitchen? I mean, basically I'm talking about what would be the key to be having a strong following and loyalty from customers for your cuisine? So the point is you need to do a lot of trials because if you see anywhere in the world, any cuisine you select, any food you select, nowadays the way this industry is growing, everybody is offering everything almost. So how you are standing unique from the crowd? That is the primary question. If you are not solving this, then you are not doing an entrepreneur role. You are doing a businessman role. When you are doing an entrepreneur role, you have to have a USP. So you have to find out your USP, what I'm doing. For example, if you take biryani in the biryani space, today there are people who cook the biryani in clay pot and send to your home in clay pot. That is a USP. Biryani cooked in clay pots. In biryani to home, we dispatch the dumb biryanis in five minutes. That is our USP. Like that, everybody has one USP. The modern day businesses have USP. That USP can be in terms of the cooking process or in the packaging process or in the presentation process, or it can be in the dish itself. So in the first place, one has to identify USP, and one has to do a lot of trials. And in the first place, they have to hire a professional chef and consultant, which in my case, six months back, one year back, I hired such consultants after wasting a lot of time, money, and energy. But if you have such people in the beginning, you as an entrepreneur and the food consultant, you both together, you can formulate some USP, you can do some culinary innovation, you can do these kind of experiments, and you can finally uh, launch your product that is the primary thing i would advise find a unique selling proposition once you do own it and promote it yes absolutely once that one part is solved then you are ready to swing your bat and hit the ball out of the park why is positioning and knowing to be different so critical because if you take any brand like let's say five years back seven years back the biryani market was very different Today, it is, I think, more than 10,000 crore market in India. I speak more in crores and lakhs, but 10,000 crore is a huge, huge number, actually. So that kind of market, in that market, why people have to choose you? What is the reason they have to choose you? So for that, unless and until you are unique in terms of product or you are offering, people are not going to come to you. And previously, how businesses were operating in India was the price, competitive price. He's selling for 100 rupees, I am selling for 90 rupees. He's selling for 90, I'm selling for 80. That is the old way. In today's inflated market, this is not going to work. Because in India, the inflation hit double digit now. It was single digit for several years. It is double digit now. Every price is going up. So if your game in this industry is going to be competitive price, you are going to lose. So why people will pay you more? If one guy is selling for 100, why people have to pay you 200? That is because you are providing something to that customer, which the customer gets from nowhere else. So do premium, price premium. That is the thing which I learned after, I mean, after several years, I'm able to talk this today, but in my day one, I was not knowing this. But people who are going to get mentored by me, the very first step is to identify their USP. 
So that plays a critical in today's competitive world, in today's social media world, where every information reaches people faster, good or bad. The good way to reach people is to have a USP. Yeah, have a unique selling proposition that defines you. And you really need to know who it is you are. And more importantly, to know it is who you're not, right? Because you can't be all things to all people. And it's interesting because it makes it much easier for your customer to know exactly, okay, I know exactly what Beyond to Home stands for, what it's about. And it's consistent, simple, and easy in their minds to evaluate and to engage and ultimately make a purchase with the brand. So tell me, now that you've done cloud kitchens or dark kitchens, many people have different terms, but basically, first explain what is a cloud kitchen? And then tell me, what do you think are the keys to making a successful cloud kitchen? A cloud kitchen is an online delivery kitchen, basically. And it stays in a place which need not be prime for walk-in customers. If you are a dine-in, or you are a kiosk, or you are a cafe, or you are a takeaway joint, you need to be in a much crowded, visible place, which has a lot of footfalls. Whereas people see your brand, people see your signage, and people order from you, people walk into you, all these things. But if it's a cloud kitchen, it can be inside a street, dead end, fourth floor. Nobody need not see you. Okay, so what is the use of being inside a street, dead end, and in the fourth floor? Your real estate cost is going to go drastically down. When you are in a prime place, your rentals or your lease, or if you have a own building, it's going to be damn expensive. The intention of Cloud Kitchen is to run a food delivery business with a very low capex. Almost, I would say, 10 times less capex than a fine dine restaurant. So your real estate cost, you're cutting down. Then you need not have branding. You need not have signages. You can take a printout, a black and white printout about your brand name and paste it outside so that when the delivery boys come, they see your brand and they walk up to your floor and pick the food. So you need not spend thousands and thousands and lakhs of rupees for your signboards, LEDs, your lollipop signage, everything. One paper of black and white paper. So here you are saving almost 10,000 times your branding cost. Here you are saving 10,000 and even 100,000 you are saving here. And then in your real estate, you have to pay a security deposit. That is going to be cheap. Your rental is going to be cheap. And then you need not do exteriors and interiors. You need not do a wall partition, colorful interiors, nothing. You What you need is a kitchen. That's all. A well-built kitchen, which is able to cook mass orders. And you don't need a cashier. You don't need a store manager. You need one packaging boy who can accept your order, give the KOT to the kitchen and checks all the items in the order, pack it and give it to the delivery boy. Dispatch it. Very simple model. So it's a less CapEx food delivery business model is what I would define a cloud kitchen. Is it mostly CapEx? It's also OpEx too. It's not only just capital expenditure, it's also operational expenditure as well. You told me it cuts down on both. Okay. So when it comes to OpEx in cloud kitchen, There is a pro and there is a con. The pro is you need not have waiters. You need not have a lot of manpower like you have for a dining, right? You have a captain, waiter, you have a floor manager, you have a floor supervisor, you have operational manager. You don't need all this. All cut. You need your cooks, your packaging boy who can act as a store manager as well, who can act as an order management guy as well. So in this way, when it comes to your manpower cost and real estate cost, there are a lot of advantages when it comes to cloud kitchen. But the primary disadvantage is the online aggregator commission because of which your net margins are less because your online delivery aggregators, they are charging up to 30% in India. I heard in abroad also out of India also, it is close to 35 or something. 
So that is eating a major chunk of cost from whatever you saved from your real estate and from your manpower. And because of which the final net margin comes down to 10%. Whereas if you run a dine-in, it can be 20 to 25%. That was the bad news. But the good news is you have to invest huge money in dine-in and you have to invest less money in your cloud kitchen. And if you see the break-even period, both are almost same. Or the cloud kitchen break-even is lesser than dine-in. That is very important. Here you are taking 20 to 25% margin in dine-in. The other side, you are getting hardly 10% margin. But this 10% is effortless. You don't have to maintain cutlery, crockery, inventory, plates, breakage. All these are eliminated. You need to have your parcel containers, your packaging boxes, and you are done. So this 10% people, if you see from an overview perspective, you see dining is having huge margins and cloud kitchen is having poor margins but the reality is you have to see the break-even period here you have invested 100 times more money than a cloud kitchen right yeah. that counts yeah yeah 10 yeah. times 100 times more. interesting so you can also do multiple cloud kitchens too from the same location right so that again enhances your revenue but also doesn't increase your cost exponentially so if you were to do one cuisine out of the same kitchen or two you're actually making more money because now the costs are spread over two, and it's not that much of a significant difference if you're using a lot of the same ingredients and obviously the same cooking methods and so on, right? Yeah. So when it comes to any brand which is cloud kitchen specific, they are mostly multi-brand because you have a space and customers are not walking into you for a particular brand. Customers do not know where your cloud kitchen is in the first place. Most of the times they don't even come. But when it comes to our business, we have a Google listing. We have people calling us, placing orders. We have customers walking in also. Majoritarily, that is not the case. Majoritarily, customers do not know where you are located. This gives you an advantage of having multiple brands from same kitchen. So when the customer opens the ordering platform, they see multiple brands, but they do not know it's from your kitchen. And you also have a chance to serve them five brands, six brands. Sometimes it can be unique brands. Sometimes there would be a cross-sharing of the resources. For example, if you have a roll brand, if you have a tandoor, tandoor is a department, and if you have a roll brand, from your tawa, you get the paratha, from the tandoor, you get the chicken tikka. You just align it with some veggies and sauces, your roll is done. This is not pushing you for a special manpower to do this roll. The guy who is doing the paratha there, he can take some pieces of tikka from the tandoor department, put it here, align it, and roll it. So this is giving you an opportunity to launch a roll brand by having same set of departments from your kitchen. So this is one primary advantage to make huge revenue through multi-brand cloud kitchen. So tell me, what do you see as the future for you as well as cloud kitchens moving forward? I mean, see, I think COVID helped a lot with consumers being more accepting of online orders, eating at home, and so on and so forth. So what's in the future for you and Dunkle Kitchen? It's pretty much evident that people post-COVID especially. Already, this digital e-commerce space was evolving for the last 10 years as far as I know. But especially post-COVID, like for example, if you take my home, the groceries come to my home through a company called Big Basket. Everything which we use in our home, everything comes from Amazon. And the cloth which I'm wearing now came from Mintra. So everything we are doing online now because we need comfort because we are saving a lot of time going here and there, wasting some time. And we are saving those times through this online experience at a doorstep convenience. The biggest advantage for cloud kitchen against a dining space is you cannot, no individual will go to a dining space seven days in a week. Mm-hmm. Even if he go out of his three meal a day, he's not going to go for a two meal at least a day. 
Even if a person hardcore eater goes outside seven days a day, he's going to eat only one meal, which is seven times. Whereas if you see a cloud kitchen, you assume one guy is ordering seven days, two meals. It is 14 orders from his home. This possibility, this massive scaling possibility is there only through online delivery kitchens, not from dining. Dining is an experience. Dining, mostly people go only on weekends with family, with friends, spending three, four hours. And you see the ticket size of that business. You have to provide so much of hospitality. You have to spend a lot of money. People take one 250 rupees beer and sit for three hours. They are blocking that table. They are blocking the business. And you see the ticket size. If a table of four is occupying a table for four hours and their final bill is 2,000 rupees, 500 rupees you are getting from one customer after giving them hospitality for four hours. Right. That is a cloud kitchen. Place the order, your food is dispatched, you are done. Nobody is occupying your real estate cost, actually. No customer is occupied. Customer is eating from their own real estate. So these are the things which make it clear that cloud kitchens are the future. That's why I always say dark is the new bright. And if cloud is the future, we are already present. That's where I everywhere write in all my writings. Because dark is the new bright. So tell me, if you could have lunch or dinner with anyone in the industry, who would it be and why? It could be as of now with Ashneel Grover in India. I follow a lot of entrepreneurs who are inspiration to us, right? As gurus and mentors, because you get to learn a lot of things from them. You get to learn a lot of good habits and culture as an entrepreneur for you. So Ashneel Grover is the founder of Bharat Pay. It's a digital payment acceptance app for uh, merchants, actually. I'm even reading his book now called Doklapan, The Hard Truth About Life and Startups. So I'm even reading his book. He's a hardcore kick-ass entrepreneur. You have that strong mindset, right? People may see it as attitude, but it is not over-attitude or whatever. As an entrepreneur, you need to be strong. You will face problems. You need to come out of it. You will build an immune wall in your brain, which protects you from all the negative thoughts, all the negative information which goes, and it stays positive. It has a positive mindset, right? So when I read about his book, he went through so many things. When we see his problems, we are not even 1% to his problems. So <laughs> if I get a chance to eat a lunch or dinner, I would prefer him and that one hour will be precious for me. <laughs> Sounds great. Well, listen, I want to thank you very much for being a guest on the show today. Congratulations again on the new addition to your family. It's exciting. And I'm looking forward to seeing what you do next with Dunkle Kitchen and with the Briani brand as well. So thank you very much for joining me. Thank you, Darshan. Glad to be a part. Getting to AHA was brought to you by iResearch. To find out more about us, head to iResearch.com. And make sure to search for Getting to AHA in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else podcasts are found. And don't forget to click follow to ensure you don't miss any future episodes. Thank you for listening. <laughs>